0: Mankind on the brink of a precipice. The role of the messengers of Allah in saving mankind throughout history. A survey of contemporary Jaghriya values and their importance in life. Assalamu alaikum Welcome to the second episode of the podcast, Living with the Shuruh, where we discuss the book titled Shuruh: Commentaries and Explanations of Sayyid Qutb's Milestones on a week-by-week basis, hopefully finishing the book in a year's time. Today we are beginning with the first section of the book, the introduction, which contains many subsections under it. We will discuss the first six pages of the introduction today, And finish with the section titled Values and Their Importance in Life. If we begin with the first section, the title is very attractive. The title is Mankind on the Brink of a Precipice. Now this is a very important thing to stand by and look at. If you look at what the brink of a precipice means and that fearsome cliff that mankind stands at, Sayyid Qutb declares that humanity today is about to collapse. We must look at, quote, this brink, its multiple colors and hues, its stages, its deep and pervasive influence on human life. Now this brink is not literal, of course, it's figurative. And what we're talking about is kaleidoscope of different entities. The first being all the injustices that we see around the world. For the past couple of centuries, mankind has been repeatedly committing injustices against his fellow man. One only needs to look at the history books or watch history documentaries to see what we're talking about. The other thing that's also very Apparent is the failure of world systems to fully address mankind's root problems. By these, we mean the obvious intolerance around the world, whether towards other ethnicities, other genders, and so on and so forth, other religions, and so on and so forth. The rampant greed that mankind has shown this decade, this century, this generation, where you have, on one hand, multi-billionaires, trillionaires even, and on the other hand, people who barely make a dollar a day, or even less, or are dying from starvation and poverty. You see violence all around the world, whether state-to-state violence, or violence against minorities within the state, civil wars, violence against women, against children, against the weak. You see mass migrations all across the world. This is part of being on the brink of a precipice. Now, finally, the part that's very important to understand is that this is not because humanity today doesn't have the technological know-how, doesn't have the scientific advancement to avoid falling off that cliff. But the reality is that humanity, since the departure of Islam from this world, has been suffering tremendously and has always yearned for that missing peace, which only Islam can provide. An important part in this section is also that this is part where we first encounter the term Jahiliya. I would like to quote directly from the book the definition of jahiliya, which is quote a corrupted state of existence where people have granted obedience and worship to others besides Allah. It is the state of complete ignorance of divine guidance, although the root meaning of Jahiliya is Ignorance, as a term, it has a much broader scope and denotes any time or place when Islam is not a pure living reality in human society. Even our technologically and scientifically advanced era, which is supposedly very knowledgeable, is still jahiriya, because Islam is not the pure living reality in society. The term can be used to describe any place, country, or time where jahiriya is prevalent. End quote. I think that paragraph is worth remembering, worth highlighting, worth underlining, worth copying and writing in our own private notes, because this word jahiliyyah will keep coming back repeatedly, repeatedly, multiple times throughout the entire book, and we will keep reusing it in our podcast as well. So I would really urge you to look at this quote directly from the book, write it down if you need to, so that the next time we use jahiliyyah, you understand what we're trying to talk about. The next section is titled The Role of the Messengers of Allah in Saving Mankind Throughout History. Now, reading this section, you see the historical, chronological depiction of the path that history takes over time. What I really want to stress on is the question that rises once you look at this, which is, who reserves the right to explain the course of history? One could look at available archaeological evidence, and say, you know, this and this happened, and this and this we cannot prove or disprove, so we don't know if it happened or not. One could also look at different scriptures, different literature around the world, the ancient Chinese literature, the ancient Indian literature, the ancient North American, South American, the Mesoamerican, the Australian, the Oceanic literature, and look at that and say, this is how history began. But what I wanted to argue, what this book uses as a assumption is that the right to explain the course of history is reserved to Allah alone. Since Allah was there from the beginning of time, what He says has happened is what happened. There's no question. Okay. Here we see that the Quran views history, views the entire course of history as a constant struggle between truth and as applied under the banner of Islam, and falsehood, which is in essence jahiliyyah. This is a unique perspective that only the Qur'an can provide. We must look at history through the lens of Qur'an to properly understand the forces that shape history. This will help us later on look at our current times, look at our modern events, and see if those forces are still apparent or not. Because that is really what the Qur'an is trying to tell us, that the same forces that shaped history are also shaping our present and our future as well. The next section is titled A Survey of Contemporary Jahiliyyah," where the opening line is the most tragic, where it immediately says that humanity today has never deserved a lost displeasure as much as it has now. This is for multiple reasons. First of all, yes, we've lost our way. But that's not unique to us. Other civilizations, other generations that were also completely astray from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the reason we've met Allah's displeasure the most is because we have the means to go back to Allah. And we still don't do it. We have the Quran in our hands. The untouched book of God, the unadulterated, the unedited book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have the story of the Sahaba. We have the story of the Messenger. We have all that history that we can use as guidance to help us get back on the straight path. We don't have to start from zero all over again. There's also the other component, which is the natural disposition within humanity, within man's soul, to look for proper guidance, to always seek improvement and better guidance and never rest until he connects to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the final piece in this is the misery that humanity lives in today this misery is what we just talked about in the previous section. This misery is clearly exemplified by the ayah. Allah says in English, But whoever turns away from my message, verily for him is a life narrowed down, a tight life, a very constructed life, and we shall raise him up blind on the day of judgment. Sadlaqallah. Today's Jahiliyyah is not on the brink because there's a danger of complete annihilation. You know, what people talk about mutually assured destruction, the nuclear winter, and so on. That's not the danger. That's not where the risk is. It's rather a consequence of its disobedience and its deviation from the way of Allah. This is because when people start to follow their own desires, when they start to abuse their indulgence, their grandiosity, when that happens, people inevitably lose their way there's a reason why islam and the values it contains islam and the guidance it contains is the best form of human life possible there's a reason for that because allah knows allah knows what's best for us finally the last section and this is a great segue it's titled values and their importance in life We need to re-examine the definition of values. Values means everything great, beautiful, and true in human life. This is in belief, in behavior, in manners, and development. Islam carries a banner of the elevated values. Islam promotes everything that is lofty and dignified. It encourages us to become the best versions of ourselves that we can be. It wants us to rise above our earthly and animalistic tendencies. This is the importance of values. Values are valuable. This is what's missing from society today. Society, as led by the Greco-Roman, by the Judeo-Christian, by European and American hegemony and dominance, completely discounts values and their importance in life. Without values, we are merely animals. All feedback is greatly appreciated. Please email me at my email, gmail.com. This is K H A L I D as in David. Dot M as in Mary, O H A as in Mary, O O D as in David at Gmail.com. I'm also available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Jazakum wa alaykum wa